you're listening to the Lovely Bee Podcast, where it's our mission to inspire and empower each woman to become the person God created her to be so she can fully embrace her vocation as wife and mother with joy, peace, and thanksgiving. I'm Stephanie Roth. Thanks for joining me. Hey, lovelies, and welcome to the Lovely Bee Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about overcoming overwhelm. And this is particularly important in my life right now because I am in the newborn phase um, of our second son, and our one-and-a-half-year-old son is in the transition phase of realizing what it is to have a sibling and not to have mama's full-time attention. So I've been thinking a lot, especially today. Today's been a little rough, but um, I've been thinking about overwhelm and just the different ways that we can try to overcome it. And in thinking and reflecting on that, I've kind of thought of, well, there's really two different kinds of overwhelm. There's the micro overwhelm, which is in the moment, absolute chaos, I'm going to lose my mind, overwhelm. And then there is the macro overwhelm, and that's really just going through the day-to-day, week-by-week, month-by-month, living with babies and small children, and just how that can kind of chisel away at you and really exhaust you, again, over a long period of time. And we really need refreshment uh, in both situations, both when we are feeling overwhelmed in kind of the micro everyday chaos. And with macro overwhelm, I'm really talking about how the role and responsibilities of motherhood can kind of just exhaust you over the course of of time, uh, because our job is really 24-7. There are no holidays, there are no sick days, (laughs) there are no lunch breaks or clocking in and clocking out for the day. It's just go, 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 go. Um, You're constantly on. And so we need to, every so often, give ourselves and allow ourselves time and kind of an extended period of time away from very fulfilling, of course, but very demanding and tiring role. Uh, so today I just wanted to talk about the different ways that I approach trying to overcome both micro overwhelm, again, in the day-to-day sense, and also just the macro overwhelm of being a mother. So I have three suggestions for each, and um, let's jump right in. So for micro-overwhelm, the first thing, and I constantly either forget this or try to reject this piece of advice, but the first one is ask for help. As I said, I struggle with this constantly. Um, And I think that's just because um, I'm a bit of a control freak. You know, I like things done a certain way. And also just pride, honestly. I don't like admitting that I need help. But ladies, we all need help, okay? None of us are super mom. None of us. It's not healthy to try to pursue being super mom who never needs help, always has her kids neat and tidy, um, the house absolutely spotless, 
and dinner on the table at 6 p.m. on the dot. You know, it'll just it'll just drive us crazy. And so we, we need to ask for help, particularly in the moments that we are caught up in this feeling of overwhelm. And I've learned in my very short time of uh, being a mother that when I don't ask for help in those chaotic moments, I kind of lose myself in a way. You know, either I'll get frustrated at myself or frustrated at my husband or frustrated at my kids when really that frustration and maybe even the acting out and, you know, slamming of a drawer or snapping at my child could be entirely prevented if I simply had the humility to ask for help. Whoever's around you, you know, um, primarily for me, it's my husband because I am a stay-at-home mom. And so I'm trying to ask my husband for help more. God bless him. He's such a wonderful man. And he can sense when I'm getting overwhelmed and not asking for help. And so he'll very graciously ask me, is everything okay? Or is there something I can help with? So again, God bless him. But but I really need to learn to do it more than kind of just waiting for him to offer because by the time he offers, you know, I've I've already kind of built up in my mind this mental block of I am so overwhelmed when really if I if I address it and nip it in the butt right when I'm starting to feel that that inkling of of being overwhelmed then again I would be able to avoid uh, or prevent rather these frustrations and moments of acting out again in anger or impatience be entirely avoided if I simply just ask for help. And the thing I've also learned is that people want to help, um, whether it's, again, your husband or a friend you happen to be with or even, honestly, someone you might encounter at the store who you don't know, but for instance, um, I was grocery shopping one time and I had one boy in in the cart, sitting in the cart and the other in the little backpack carry and I was unloading my groceries onto the, the belt at the checkout and the lady behind me said, oh my goodness, please let me help you unload your groceries. And it was just such a beautiful moment for me to receive that charity that she was willing to offer. So... I guess for number one, it's both asking for help and also having the humility to receive that help when it is offered to you. The second thing that I've learned that is incredibly helpful is prayer. I have this cardstock. It's about the size of a ruler, but it's just this little cardstock that has in bold uppercase green letters say one Hail Mary. And I keep this on my dresser because it's it, it, when I first saw it and picked it up, it struck me as being so simple yet so incredibly powerful. And this is proven in my experience when I either remember these chaotic moments, okay, just take a deep breath and say one Hail Mary, or like I said, I keep it on my dresser, so some days when I'm completely overwhelmed at times, 
I just happened to glance at it. You know, I'm not even remembering, oh, yeah, if I just pray, you know, that'll help calm me down. No, like, I'll just randomly glance at it or, you know, have to dive into my room to grab something really quickly for one of the boys or myself or whatever and just happen to see it. Um, And it's a beautiful reminder. Um, Again, the simplicity yet the power behind stopping, taking a deep breath, and just starting a Hail Mary and not blazing through it, right? Saying it, you know, kind of as as slowly and intentionally as as I can muster in that moment really, really helps to kind of settle the overwhelm and settle my nerves. And this kind of relates to if you've ever heard of doing breathing exercises in moments of anxiety or overwhelm, physiologically the act of slowing down your breathing also drops your blood pressure. So again, I kind of just naturally, instinctively, I guess, applied this same concept of a breathing exercise to saying a Hail Mary. And again, I can't I can't emphasize how incredibly powerful that is. Because not only are you stopping yourself, stopping your overwhelmed train of thought, the cassette tape that we kind of go start to go through in our mind when when this anxiety builds up. Not only are we stopping that with again this breathing exercise, but we're also asking the intercession of our lady, our mother. And she knows our hearts very intimately. She has a mother's heart herself. And so she knows the overwhelm of a screaming, crying newborn child or of a toddler who's entering into the stage of being really clingy and desirous of our our full attention when we sometimes can't give that. She knows that. She's, She's been through that experience. Jesus never sinned, but, you know, he was, he still went through the typical human experience. You know, he was a newborn that cried when he was hungry or when he was tired or simply because he wanted to be held. He went through the stage of being a toddler and exploring his environment and um, even getting into mischief <laughs> um, in terms of exploring that environment, you know, reaching for new things that are now at eye level or, or whatnot. So she knows, she knows the overwhelm of daily life. And so to stop and say that one Hail Mary is really even more powerful, I think, than we can possibly understand. And the third thing I've learned to do in terms of addressing micro-overwhelm is to take a time out. You know, we usually think of timeouts for little kids when they're starting to act up, but really, I mean, there have been times where mama needs a timeout. (laughs) And that was really hard when I first became a mother because I felt like any time my child was crying, my sole duty and responsibility was to be at his side and get really get him to stop crying. And, you know, sometimes babies just cry. Sometimes they just need to cry. You know, their little lungs are developing too, and so they need to clear them out sometimes. I'm not saying, please don't write me this, I'm not saying to neglect your child whatsoever. But if 
you are in a state of complete overwhelm and your child is crying and you just don't know what to do, it is perfectly okay to leave your child in a safe place, like in their crib or, you know, in um, a swing, uh, securely buckled in, or in a, for older kids, in a pack and play. It is perfectly okay to leave the room, step out. Sometimes I step out into the garage just for a couple minutes to compose myself and, again, to take a deep breath and pray a Hail Mary uh, before getting back into the trenches. And I remember with my firstborn, I heard this piece of advice and said, oh, no, never. And I, I think that's very a very natural reaction. You know, all mothers want to show as much affection as they can to their child. But again, when you're overwhelmed and don't know what to do, it is perfectly okay to take a time out yourself. Again, leaving your child in a safe place, they're going to be totally fine. You're only going to be gone for a couple minutes. And I'm not saying run to the store or anything. I'm saying step outside, into the garage, go check the mail down the driveway. Just remove yourself from that situation that is causing you such anxiety and raising your blood pressure. And then you'll be able to go back at least a little bit calmer. I'm not saying this is foolproof in terms of getting you back to ground zero of perfect contentment. <laughs> but it'll at least get you to a stage where you can reassess, okay, what can I do in this situation or what needs to be done in situation or whatnot. So those are the three things that I try to do when I experience the micro-overwhelm, the day-to-day moments of chaos in the home. So for macro overwhelm, for helping to overcome that, I also have three suggestions that have helped me. The first one is having a date night. And I have heard this advice again multiple times from multiple people in my life, podcasts and books, whatnot. It is so essential to have date nights with your spouse. Away from the kids. Okay. Now, if you if you have the resources, um, if you have family nearby or a really good sitter or, you know, other means, even if you have a small baby, it is so incredibly revitalizing to leave the kids and baby at home or again at a sitter to have a date night with your husband. And the reason why it's important that the two of you have time alone without any children, including baby, is because, again, we want to remember that our first vocation before motherhood is as a wife. And again, the role of motherhood is very draining physically, emotionally, spiritually. And we need a break from that. It's healthy to have a break from that. And the ability to have a date night with just you and your husband can be such an incredibly beautiful experience. And I would encourage you to plan 
just do fun things together. You know, it's it's good to feel like you're dating again, you know, like you did before you were ever married, before you ever had children. And it can be doing something silly or, you know, it, like it doesn't have to be an expensive date. It doesn't have to be dinner. It doesn't have to be going out to the movies. It can be, for instance, going blackberry picking or even just, you know, walking around the block and going to get a cup of coffee. I would encourage, you know, occasionally as as your financial situation allows to go out to a nice dinner or some other you know, more expensive activity like horseback riding or something. I don't know. Um, but it's important for your marriage. It's important to remember we're a team. We're a team because we like each other. We're a team because we love each other. And we're fully committed to one another. And I'm not saying that, you know, you don't express this on a day-to-day basis in little ways. Um, but it's important to have that date night to really remember that and to nurture that. The second thing I've done to address this macro overwhelm is to make sure I have girl time. As close as we are to our husbands and as intimate as our relationship is or you know that we're working towards, it's still just different than having girlfriends. Men and women process things differently and it's just nice to have a group of women who you can identify with and really honestly, you know, sometimes commiserate with. Uh, Not to the degree of bringing each other down in your vocation of marriage and motherhood, but in a way that, that edifies you to say, hey, you know, I'm in the trenches too. We're both in survival mode, but we're doing it and good job, you know, pat on the back for you and we're going to get through this, you know, and and we're here together. We're here to support each other. We're here to bring a meal if needed or simply just just to listen. And in this way, your husband isn't put in the situation where he is suddenly carrying the full weight of your need to socialize with people other than your children. And I found, too, that it's a really beautiful and, again, edifying experience to have girl time with both women who are in the same state and stage of life that you are with little kids, but also women who are maybe a few or even several years ahead of you in that realm of being married, of being a mother, uh, of being a woman, (laughs) just with different life experience. And also those who, you know, may be friends that you had when you were single who, you know, have not found their spouse yet or are going down a different path in life. It's good to have both because both help to bring you back to the correct perspective of, again, who you are as an individual apart from both your marriage and your motherhood. They both help prevent you from being lost in the ideal that you may fall into chasing after. And the third and final suggestion I would have for this macro overwhelm would be carving regular time out for solitude. We all need our own space, whether we're introverts or extroverts. I talked about in the first podcast how 
this silence and solitude can help us reconnect with God and remember that our identity is first found within Him, not within our roles as wives and mothers. Now, He has called us to those vocations, of course, but our first identity lies within Him and that we are a daughter, a precious daughter, a lovely daughter of our Creator. And so time for solitude can help us bring that back to the forefront of our awareness. Now in this solitude and silence, now in this solitude and silence, we might run into what might feel like an inability to disconnect from all of our duties and responsibilities. I recently heard a podcast by Jamie Ivey. Uh, She was interviewing Jessica Turner, and she wrote a book recently called Stretched Too Thin, How Working Moms Can Lose the Guilt, Work Smarter, and Thrive. And in this interview, Jessica talked about the concept of mental load, and that refers to the responsibilities that usually fall on on the woman these days um, in terms of upkeeping the household and getting enough toilet paper and meal planning and knowing which kid has a doctor's appointment when and just different things like that are are what she refers to as mental load. And I have found that this is one of the biggest obstacles that I run into when I seek solitude and silence. Um, It's kind of just that cassette tape of everything that needs to be done. You know, the the floor needs to be swept and, oh shoot, there's still a load of laundry in the dryer that needs to be folded. And so what I've started to do is bring either a little notepad or my planner uh, just to have a place to jot down these to-dos that come to mind so that I can get them out on paper. I know I'm not going to forget about them again, but they don't need to be done in this moment. And that kind of helps to free up my mind again to seek that solitude, seek that silence where I can reconnect with my creator and recharge in that sense. I'm striving to find this time for solitude in an adoration chapel Um, We're very blessed to have one nearby at a nearby parish that's open, not 24 hours, but uh, pretty close. And so I'm I'm looking to coordinate getting either weekly or twice a month or, or whatnot so I can secure that time for myself. And again, like I said earlier, these kind of coping mechanisms of overcoming the macro overwhelm really should be for an extended period of time. You know, if you go out on a date night, make it an hour, two hours. Uh, Same thing for any girl time that you spend or your time for solitude. I read recently a book called A Mother's Rule of Life by Holly Perlow. It it comes very highly recommended by many, many moms, and I, I would recommend it myself to you. And she actually got into the practice of taking a Saturday off every month where it's understood between her and her husband that she departs Saturday morning and she doesn't come back on Saturday until she feels like she is revived 
and re-energized to to return to her role as wife and mother. And so she said, you know, sometimes that's a couple hours on Saturday and sometimes, you know, she kind of just spends the whole day, uh, whether just with herself or with friends. But again, the concept is for an extended period of time to really regain and revitalize your own identity and your energy for showing up as the best wife and the best mother that you can possibly be. So those are a few ways that I cope with overwhelm, both in the daily chaos and just for this life of motherhood in general. I hope they help in your journey of motherhood. And um, if you have any other ways that you cope with the overwhelm, please uh, send me an email or comment on the podcast. Again, I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, remember you are lovely and remember you're doing a great job, Mama. I'll see you all next week. Take care and God bless.